Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Divine. Divine being a podcast focused on where web development and design overlap. My name is Tom, and I'm a branding-focused designer, joined today by Nick. G'day, guys. How are we doing? And we are also <laughs> joined by Scott. Uh, Scott is a copywriter and content marketer. Uh, and co-founder of Child in Me, which is a creative studio who help good people do good things in digital design and branding. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. How are we doing? Very good. Good, good, good. What are um, we talking about today, Nick? Um, so, what are we talking about today? I guess um, copywriting for the web and content strategy and content marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. Bit of a contenty. But before we dive hmm. into that, what, are, what has everyone been up to the last week? Scott, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah, so for me, obviously, um, I'm bringing the content marketing aspect of this uh, mm-hmm. today. So I've been working on a cool project with a, a mid-scale hotel, so doing cool. a content strategy, also a brand refresh for those guys. Cool. So, uh, I'm pretty interested. It's, um, going into doing hotel stuff, I'd never done it before, but uh-huh. it's actually uh-huh. it's similar to everything else. It's yeah, kind right. of the storytelling aspect um, uh-huh. that... That we, we try to find with every product that we that we sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Cool. Is that a Aussie chain or? Uh, it's a it's a French um, base, but yeah, it's right. like a massive yeah yeah cool big chain. So interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. Awesome. Um, how about you, Nick? What have you been up to? Um, well. Um, I was meant to be leaving the country um, a, a week ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're still here. And I'm still here. We, but that's been great, though, because we've been able to yeah. keep recording. No, it's been um, really good. And we actually got so busy, like, the day I was meant to be, well, the week before I was meant to be leaving, and yeah, so it was a, kind of a blessing. A yeah. Um, but the reason I couldn't go was because the day I was meant to leave, I looked at my passport, and it was expired. <laughs> so I only just received my renewed passport yesterday, so I can actually leave in a week and a half now. So that's at least a plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but otherwise, uh, work stuff has been gone really well. We've got heaps of jobs signed off this month, and it's easily our biggest month we've ever invoiced um, by That's like a good. factor of three almost, That's I think. Amazing. Like, I don't know what happened, but everything aligned yeah. to that. I think um, part of it's probably end of financial year. There was a few clients that were like, hey, can you bill us before? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that helped kick a few things off, I reckon. Um, but yeah, that's probably about it. How about yeah. yourself, Tomo? Um, so a big part of the last week, I've been preparing for uh, business boot camp I'm about to start. Sick. Um, so this is something I'm doing with uh, the future. Um, so the preparation has included um, working on positioning, mm-hmm. um, which is so hard. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. it's just to try and condense what you do yeah, and right. for mm-hmm. who you do it and why, the why being the most important and most difficult part, mm-hmm. into a single statement. It is so hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's meant to be, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. you start to look around at other businesses' positioning and not all of it's great mm-hmm. and not all of it um, hits these kind of – hits the success criteria. Um, so I've been working on that, um, which has been quite challenging, um, developing case studies, um, be, yeah, to update my mm-hmm. – Always a fun project. Yeah, it's mm. just it's it's now come to a time. It's, <laughs> it's like the projects that are up there are 18 months old and <laughs> – yeah, yeah. um, I guess, yeah, more complex problems have been solved since. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, just rehearsing with my bands. Got a gig coming up next weekend. Oh, yeah. Which uh, should be sick. Debut? Uh, yeah, yeah, debut for Jealous Craig. Nice. And um, Played at the one and only The Post Office Hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and getting the Divine website very oh, close yeah. How to... How did I just not think about that? ...to publishing, <laughs> which is... Um, it's so sick to yeah. just to see it. It's like coming together. coming to life because mm-hmm. we've just mm-hmm. been coming together once every week or two and 
pressing record, but now it's kind of seeing all the episodes coming together mm. and, like, yeah, I guess seeing the manifestation of this. Um, it's pretty exciting. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get on into it. Um, so, where do we start? Um, do you want to, I guess, maybe, Scott, tell us what is a content strategy or what, what is it? What, what is this service? Let everybody know. That's a good question. I mean, content, <laughs> content strategy is something that's probably, I mean, it's, it's been around for probably like the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And people have only started like talking about it or coining this thing probably yeah. the last five or six. And it's kind of had its day and it's sort of fading away again. And people are sort of being like, you know, content marketing's dead. Right. So, but um, the the it's it's still very much strong because the, the, the kind of essence of a content strategy is that, you know, you're busy, you have your business goals and your priorities and, and then you have, like, what the audience what the audience needs, their desires, mm-hmm. and it's kind of that overlap. Mm-hmm. So um, that's always going to be relevant. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, the reason content marketing became so big is that, you know, that the consumer was coming, becoming much smarter. So right, we're having okay. this sort of, like, through the kind of digital age that we're sort of living in. Mm-hmm. The, we're becoming much smarter and mm. um, about how we consume stuff. And, and more discerning as well, right? Yeah, yeah like definitely more sceptical. So yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of days of like, you know, selling steak knives on TV, like throwing a pineapple <laughs> up in the air and, and cutting it in half. Like we see that visually, but we're still we're still sceptical about yeah, it. So yeah. the whole idea of like the content strategy was creating something different that, that, your, that your potential audience could could form a relationship with mm-hmm, and sort mm-hmm. of indirectly sell them something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, it's still very much, you know, Alive and well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so lots of changes in it at the moment, though. To, like 2019 is kind of like a, a weird year for it. Uh, yeah, how how well, so? Yeah. Like what, what's happening this year compared to well, the last 10? I mean, like one good example, and it's been ha- happening, this is something that we've all been keeping an eye on the last couple of years, is Google and, and, and Facebook to a lesser extent kind of controlling the, the content. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, good example of that is is at the moment, I don't know if you guys noticed uh, recently, probably in the last couple of months, Google's starting to, um, their search results showing more uh, sort of snippets and timelines and what you can actually view without going into a website now uh-huh. is, is a lot uh-huh. different. So if you're searching something, it's often answered in Google results rather than taking people through yep. um, to, to the actual site, mm-hmm. which, which is a major issue because, like, we're all working on these content strategies. We want people to come to our site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, unfortunately, we've kind of like shot ourselves in the foot <laughs> with creating so much content that Google's now like not all that's relevant. We're not even going to take people to your, yeah, to your yeah. crappy site that gives us pop-ups and stuff. We're going to we're gonna like answer their questions. Yeah, and keep them, them on the page with advertisements on it, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, but that also means that like you're being directly compared to competitors mm-hmm. yeah. side by side, which yeah. is pretty wild. Yeah, well, I was thinking like before that, that part of this sort of digital age, I think, is that now people can get exposure to so many different people or companies offering the service that you've really got to stand out in different ways now. And I guess that's always ever-evolving, right? But that's probably one of the reasons that we've moved into this age of, like, this emotional connection with brands and businesses as opposed to just, hey, these are some services. Do you want us? It's always having yeah. to evolve to try and, I guess, yeah, to, you know, differentiate yourself in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's something that... Um 
where we're always kind of continuing to work on in yeah. terms of what what is as a business, what is our niche, and mm-hmm. how can we deliver that to people in an interesting and relevant way? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, and we're talking about how it's different in right now in this current climate. And I think um, we we can't just sort of uh, offer people content. We need to offer them um, how to, ways that they can actually use that content. Yeah, so okay. we're starting to see like more tools um, that people can can use. So and that's a way of getting around that that Google. Uh, displaying the answers straight away. So mm-hmm. if you, get, you have a tool on your website um, that, that is useful for that, whether that's like a, um, a recipe maker or, or right, like okay. a... Okay, so something a bit more interactive. Yeah, that, yeah okay. So um, a, lot of, a lot of like non-for-profits are starting to do like heart health checks or mental health checks because right. they can actually take them into the website and, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and, and help them with that that question in the website rather than Google. Something just, that Google can't pull out yeah, and do exactly. for you. Yeah, so okay, it's becoming more important to get creative with that. And like answering your question, there's just a lot of lot of clutter. And the, the old strategy for like probably the last five years is just like blog, 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 uh-huh. blog, blog. But Google's yeah. just like, no, it's not, that's not good enough anymore. Yeah, it's just right. too much um, rubbish content. We, we've got to... We've got to clean that up. So we're all, we're all starting to try and evolve to be to be Crazy. smarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is fascinating seeing like big companies like that having such massive influence over entire industries. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Mm. Yeah, Google's got the monopoly, and we're all just like it, we, <laughs> trying we, to catch we up. We tried to fight like, for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And now we've just got to we've got to adapt, and mm-hmm. that that's kind of a story of content marketing, and like, yeah, it's right. just content marketing is involved into being an SEO expert because that's that's kind of what you're servicing. Yeah. yeah so um, that's my evolution over my career as like a copywriter uh-huh. who, who had to do content strategy to meet the market's demands and now I'm being an SEO uh, expert or analyst to be able to, to kind of work out how to deliver that content. Best. And how's the experience mm. from, from then to now? Like are you still having fun or? Definitely. I yeah. think uh, – there's, there's different types of fun. I think copywriting is an extremely fun job because it's it's like that essence of creating an idea, mm-hmm. um, but then right through to like being an SEO analyst, you're, you're solving you're solving key business problems. And um, you guys would probably know this, especially in like developers. Sometimes these these solutions that seem like easy to us in the technical knowledge, they're breakthroughs to people who run businesses, mm-hmm. and they just they think, well, this information is gold. So. Um, it's a little bit different than a copywriter because a lot of people take those creative skills um, potentially for granted sometimes. But when you can actually like show right, how okay. you're answering a, a, a user query, how you're bringing in someone directly to their site to answer a goal, that's probably that's probably equally as fun. Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Which reminds me of something I, I saw on your site. Or Cody, your business partner, was showing me is that you write for humans and for robots. Yeah, it's like managing both at the same time. Yeah, and that's. That's just the way the industry is at the moment. Like, and that's answering answering Google. So mm-hmm. we have to. Google says that they optimize for for humans, but we know that um, their robots have their own algorithms, and yeah, we have to yeah. meet that as well. So mm. the, the essence of the idea is um, for humans, but we need to make it work for yeah. for our Google overlords as well. Yeah. <laughs> so so what what would a typical content marketing strategy look like in 2019? Like. What what does it kind of entail? I know we've mentioned like bits and pieces, but how how does it look as a as a? Yeah, well, like, it all starts the same. I mean, it's any kind of process. It's a, a content strategy is is driven by you know, the business core values, um, you know, and and their their priorities, their goals, what they want to reach. So it's always it's it always starts with the same thing. It's finding out 
it's that, as I said, that that real mix of of your services and what people want. And that's sometimes the difficult thing we have in, in marketing is in general is sometimes that we don't really necessarily understand what people want or we're, um, we're mixing our services up to provide that. We're not finding that niche overlap. So it's probably, mm-hmm. it's probably um, just as important getting back to the basics and understanding your audience and, and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting as well. This is this is a bit like s- separate to the specifics of what we're talking about, but talking about like what people want, and there's like a few schools of thought on that. You yeah, know? yeah. Like I mean, there's there's kind of a quote that's said by Henry Ford, which is then linked to Apple. Henry Ford's quote was like, um, "If I asked people what they wanted, they'd say mm-hmm. um, more horses." Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like wheel cart for horses in the same way that I think Steve Jobs took inspiration from that and yeah, for sure. said that people don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I think the standard is you need to talk to people and understand their pains um, and respond to what they're saying they want. But maybe it's not about what's said, it's about reading between the lines. Yeah, and I think that's I mean, maybe there's a similarity between that and sort of any client work that you do where they say, hey, we need this when really they're saying, hey, we're, we have a problem and we think this is solving it, they're sort of going straight to the solution. They're mm. saying, hey, we want this solution, when really you need to step back and figure out, okay, why are they trying to get this solution? What are the problems they're having that they think they need that solution? Mm. And is that solution really what they need? And actually give them what they need, which, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, yeah I guess we were talking about this um, the other week on, like, I need a website. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, well, maybe, but... Yeah, um, how important is it really? I'm and pretty, what are your problems that you're having that you yeah. think you need a website? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I butchered that quote by Henry Ford as well. <laughs> so maybe in the Got the gist of yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, he yeah. said a faster dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, there's a famous uh, content marketing quote that kind of relates to that. It's that people don't care about your products or your services; they care about themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a that. I when, like that. Yeah, and that's uh, it's sort of like an evolution of that. Um, what Henry Ford is saying, like, if you ask people what they want, they're, they're going to give you different answers. But we know that we do know that people generally are self-interested. And mm-hmm. although we like to think we're altruistic, we're normally yep. consuming content because um, because that's yeah. that we care it about. Serves in a, in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serves it's, a need for us to answer the question for us. Yep. As much as we want to create like a, you know, a great brand or write like very punchy copy, it really doesn't matter if we don't if we don't sort of understand what our audience. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what mm. the, yeah, we need cool. to actually think about what they care about, not what they're. Which is where SEO yeah. is great because we can, you can actually like find through the through the kind of research tools we have now. You yeah, can, you can yeah. look at like exactly what people are typing into mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Google. So yeah, looking at their actions more so than their words, which might be yeah, biased exactly. or they just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And talking about tools. Um, I'm always curious to find out, like, what someone's toolkit looks like and, like, what resources they draw on. Um, so, uh, like, are there any tools that you continue to refer to or perhaps as thought leadership that exists in content strategy? Uh, well, tools at the moment, I, I really enjoy SEM Rush. I mean, talking purely about um, copywriting, content strategy and the mix mm-hmm. and SEO, SEM Rush is probably my favourite tool. Um and also Search Console. Uh, yeah. And what a, do they perform? Uh, so SEMrush is, a, is pretty much a full, it's evolved into a, a full content marketing tool, but yep. originally it was a search engine marketing uh, tool. Mm-hmm. And the basics of it, it's just, it 
provides you what exactly what people are searching for, um, what competitors they're, they're what which of your competitors they're finding for each search term. So, right. It's a paid service, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah, Search Console is free and it's very similar. Um, I mean, SEM Rush is like fully on steroids. It's everything mm-hmm. that you need it to be. But then yep. you can get similar stuff from Search Console, from Google Search Console, which you just um, connect to your analytics. And it's just ex- it's just what people are searching to find your site. Yep. So it's it's very simple information, um, but we can actually see like what people are typing in. Mm-hmm. And th- this information becomes valuable because if we see that we're 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 showing up in Google search results for this specific term. Um, we can write copy on our page that answers that. Yep. So yep. We, we, we can meet a market need. We can connect <laughs> that straight away to meet to meet a market need. So um, of all like the amazing kind of tools you can buy and stuff, I, I really um, push Search Console as like quite a simple but effective mm-hmm. tool. So like the first step of... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about the first step. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cool. And this thing of finding exactly what people are searching for in terms of like this customer data... Like it's unfiltered, like what people search, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like it's a survey where we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We see exactly what people are searching. So a couple of years ago, I was building a, a BMI calculator for a, for a heart charity I was working for, and we were looking at the, the search terms, and we thought it would be like, "What's a healthy weight?" But people were literally searching it, "Am I fat?" Question mark. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. like I wouldn't, I like you know, you wouldn't think that people are yeah, searching yeah. that. So, but they're the questions when you think asking. about it, it's like, "Am I obese?" Yeah, like. Mm. Like you get the whole range. Yeah. It is unfiltered, which is that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So people aren't always asking like very pointed questions sometimes. Yeah. Um their their questions are just straight to the point and it's not what we, we associate with normal survey data or second. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah, you can actually answer those specific questions, you can create content. So a similar project was uh we were working on we got a brief to um to the, uh, to talk about salt as like a health um, warning and how it affected your heart. Mm-hmm. So we literally just we we had a high authority website, we're well known heart charity, and so we looked at like the questions that people were actually typing in, and it was like all the kind of what what can I use instead of salt? Like mm-hmm. all these very simple questions. So right. um, what was the other stuff? Just like substitutes for salt. Mm-hmm. Um, what actually is sodium? Yeah. So we just like took five of these like most used questions and literally just created a landing page for every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we that's we, so that's so logical. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like so uncommon yeah. as well. People. Yeah. It's like that. Someone might have gone and created like a big. Uh, you know, salt camp- media campaign or something like that, but we already had this great authority with Google and we could just answer these questions. So, um, yeah, like you could see results straight away. And those mm. questions, I imagine you picked the, the top five, like those that were asked the most, yeah. surely. Yeah, just yeah. the most high-volume questions. And uh, sometimes you have... We, we were in a great position where we could talk about all the health risks of... Salt, mm-hmm. so we could bring this to everybody in. So it was, it was it was a good opportunity, but I think a lot of businesses have that when they actually look at that right. that data. So our copy was like literally just answering the question, yeah. like, um, "What is sodium?" <laughs> and we would yeah. just answer. And, but I so. like I really quite like that approach. Even recently, I've been speaking with Scott about um, teaming up on an engagement and um, just talking about like, well, yeah, here's the user needs as they've been identified and now the copy is going to be structured around responding to each of those needs that have been articulated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's such a logical thing, but when we were discussing that, it was, it was like a bit of an aha moment for yeah, me. Right. You know? yep. Yeah, right. Um, 
like a lot of things around content marketing and copywriting have been for me in the last... Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Well, I guess since starting this podcast, really, yeah. um, it's led to exploring these areas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of people have thought of copywriting as sort of like a creative thing that comes last and also content marketing as well. But You way- must agree with that. That point of view, <laughs> surely. You're like, yeah, Laura Mipsum, baby. <laughs> yeah. okay. but, so yeah. Do you shudder when you hear Laura or see Laura Mipsum in a, in a website sort of design? Uh, I see, I've, I've seen a lot of it over the years, and I mean, yeah, it's just part. It's just part of the job, I think. Like mm-hmm. getting complete websites sometimes, and and, and working with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's a question I've always had. I guess is where do you see. I guess is more probably, well, I guess content strategy or copywriting maybe a bit more specifically, but like in a typical website project, for instance, like uh, branding, design, and then build, where do you sort of see, where does the content strategy start and finish and what are the key parts of that? Uh, I think, uh, so copywriting, I think it has to be involved in, in the branding straight mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a new business, having a, a good idea of your of your tone of voice, which is something we, we yep. do a lot of, and, uh-huh. and what Tom was alluding to, straight away answering your customers' needs. Yep. So that's something a business will do um, straight away without without sort of realising it. They'll, right. they'll, yeah, they'll kind of without pr- a tone of voice, yeah. just as like dot points. Yeah, which, okay. And what you're saying is that yeah. it's that added value there straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you cover that, if you incorporate, so this is copywriting, incorporate copywriting as part of that original process through identifying your needs, mm-hmm. you're looking at your, your mission and your vision statement. Then when you get down the track to your website, you have all the copy there. Yeah, so it's okay. written in your tone of voice. Yep. Um, so it's all ready to go and it cuts out it cuts out a lot of steps, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's all consistent through. Yep. So that's, that's value of being able to add um, to new businesses. Yeah, like cool. You, don't worry about your website copy. It's already been created. It's literally right there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, content marketing is a lot different because you sometimes uh, you you get a brief to uh, it's a new campaign potentially mm-hmm. and the content strategy comes into it. Um, but it's like anything. You want to be involved kind of early yeah, and, yeah. and get a good idea of the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, like an example with web development is – is with if you have a co- content strategy before you go to dev stage, you know, you know, um, kind of the tools you want to be. You yeah, be okay, using. that's a really so, good point. Yeah. So, for example, um, I was building a website last year, um, and we we knew like that we wanted to have interactive content from the start. So mm-hmm. when we went to the developers, um, we knew that we wanted. We hadn't created any of these assets. Yeah, but we knew that we wanted to have like interactive quizzes, like galleries that we could animated yep. galleries. So um, right from the start, yeah, our um, dev team was able to create like a sort of like a toolkit um, that we could um, activate on the on the back end ourselves. So when we did have a yeah, campaign, cool. rather than rushing any of these any of these things through, uh, we knew we knew that we had those to. Kind of draw on, so that, that was an advantage of having that strategy. Yeah, straight yeah. Up. No, definitely. I mean, that's massive. What seems to, um, what seems to stand out to me is that like, the more that you know, content um, strategy can be considered at the beginning, the more that the development of the site can be considered at the beginning. I mean, the more that we are all in these initial meetings, yeah. the better. Yeah. It's going to be, but 100%. does that apply so much so that there's like 50 much, people yeah. in yeah, initial yeah, yeah. meeting? Like what truly comes first? Like, and, and what, what, what is, 
it, it seems to be there's a discovery which exposes kind of these insights that will apply, apply to all of us. Um, and it almost seems like the words are what come next. Mm. Yeah. In mm. terms of like the, the flow. Yep. Yeah, I think that's... I think we're all sort of still working on that. Coming from a, a corporate background, I'm used to having like way too many people in the room and that's how um, I've always learned to navigate uh, those kind of discovery sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if there is a perfect number of people or if it's just the right number or well, it's purely a process thing where you, you start and you identify your values and your business goals and then it, it doesn't matter too much as long as everyone's involved before before we go to before we get too deep yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. And I guess that's probably, you know, that, that, that'd that be a trait of a good project manager that does web projects is knowing for a specific project and a specific client, okay, what's the important next step here? Who do I m- make sure I need to bring in at this point to make yeah. sure it flows well at the end? Like, like you said, I don't think you could probably say, okay, we need everybody in right now <clears throat> at the start to figure out what we all need. It's probably one person sort of being like, okay, um, this is probably more important right now. Let's pull you in at this point. Okay, now this is important. Let's pull you in at this point. Yeah. So maybe yeah. that's a... I mean, project management, like, I have such an appreciation for it now. It's like they're a, they're a symphony conductor. Oh, yeah. 100%. Bring, bring yeah. in and, like, at the right time and then bringing it, letting it phase out. And it's like, and then cue the violins, <laughs> which is the, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the team of developers coming in. It's like to, to get it right... Yeah. There are so many things that you have to consider. Um, yeah, I, I'm fascinated by talking about project management yeah, these days. It's definitely something I've had an appreciation for um, in the last couple of years as well. So the bigger the project, you just um, the more you know that you need to have someone who's, who's got an oversight over yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, shout-outs to, to my dad. He's <laughs> <laughs> a project manager. <laughs> cool. Um, so if, if you were to leave our listeners with, with a, a key takeaway about content marketing, what do you think it would be, Scotty? I've, for me, uh, the, the fundamentals of any sort of marketing task, whether it's content strategy or anything, is just to know your audience. And mm-hmm. that's something that was drilled, drilled into me from day one and something that um, that's the first thing I say to people that I manage or is, is just... When you're in a meeting and you're kind of, th- and you're getting too far down the track of this beautiful content strategy, just like just remember, um, just get back to who you're talking to. Right. In the room at that point in time, or the content strategy that this is to be the audience that's going to be applied. The audience is going to be oh, applied okay. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think the number one thing that we can do in marketing is a bad thing we can do is when we're looking at a website, or we're making decisions, and we say like, oh no, when I go to websites. I do this. I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like that, like if anybody says that in meetings, I'm in. I'm like, you need to address that straight away. You say like, this isn't about you. Like, yeah. This, yeah. this is about your. Same audience. for design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's not about personal preference. It's yeah. like, yeah. I don't, I don't. Your customers don't care what you think. Yeah. I don't care. Like it's, I mean, I care for you. We're friends. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of it's so irrelevant. Yeah. It's yeah. personal yeah. preference. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny how many people still sort of do that in meetings and, and you know, decision makers make decisions based on their kind of preference. Yeah. What well, yeah. seems to be representative generally of the old school. Yeah. The old school advertising agency, the old school approach to campaigns yeah. um, where these things are at play. There's a lot more back and forth. There's a lot more personal preference. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
because that's that was the standard that was i guess seen as yeah well i mean without having the tools to actually analyze the data i guess is you don't really have much of another option yeah. really yeah. yeah but we're lucky now we have all this data and that's, yeah. that would yeah, be my advice is just equip yourself with that data so when you when someone who is a key decision maker is maybe higher up than you just be like yep that's one mm. opinion like let's have a look see if that's represented <laughs> let's in the have data. a look at the data yeah exactly Prove <laughs> <laughs> right, right there right there and then that's, that's my <laughs> best advice so. well, what do you reckon would be the best or what, what have you found the best ways to identify audiences yeah, or to yeah to know your audience. Like, mm. how how does one know the audience, uh, or is it just something to be mindful of and have front of mind? Is that the takeaway? Uh, well, I, I was I keep harping on about search, but I really do think it, it is one of the best ways to know audience mm-hmm. now. Um, but it, it's just one of many, and something to bring into the mix. Yeah. But um, it's we we have all this data very sort of quickly. We can get it very quickly. We can make decisions on it. And we can validate our. Our, um, our decisions on it very quickly. So mm-hmm. search is definitely, you know, one the reason that I've concentrated so much over in the last couple of years is because it is massive. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just having a good um, a good stack of analytics tools that you refer to and you trust and you know how to interpret that data. Mm-hmm. Um, once, once you've sort of interpreted it all, um, do you go about sort of formally defining audiences in sort of personas or, or things like that or like what, what's sort of that next step once you to, to create or define it yeah I guess yeah so pers- I, I tend to always go down the persona depending on the scope of the project mm-hmm. but you, you always have to have um, your personas and uh, the last couple of pro- bigger projects I've been involved on we've got them printed out big we have them on the wall um, yeah, cool. and we break down their needs and desires and how they're um, finding information yep, yep. so always referring to them and then uh, I've done a bit of journey mapping as well so yep. the, that's just like the visualization I guess I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you can, get, sure. you can get all this data quite easily yep. and then putting into this way that like we can understand it and break down and yep. refer to it and use it yeah. sort of effectively hey? yeah. making decisions so yeah user yep. profiles um, journey maps all this sort of stuff is, is definitely very helpful yeah, I found that a really interesting thing. I feel like five or maybe seven years ago, there was this big push to quote unquote big data, and everybody was like, "Hey, capture all the data you ever have coming through whatever system it is." Yeah. And then everybody was like, "Well, I've got all this data, but like, what does it mean? What do, what do I even do with it?" And there's so many people collecting all this data but just not actually doing anything. I think it's interesting now to see sort of that. That's I feel like that's fallen off a little bit. The whole collect every single little thing, and it's more like okay, collect enough to actually use it to action things you know what i mean people were too overwhelmed with the kind of data that they had yeah and it's sort of this weird transformation with data in terms it's so so much more accessible to us at Mm -hmm. the moment so even going back five years ago data was like um by some guy behind a computer had all this technical knowledge he probably wasn't necessarily involved with the marketing Uh team uh he was kind of he was a data analyst but now it's a skill that like marketers we we um like we train up on it and we have all these tools. So yeah, yeah. we're getting better at talking about it and we're getting better at breaking down what's, what stuff means. Yeah, cool. So the more that the tools kind of help us in that way and that's why like stuff like SEMrush is really yeah, cool. Yeah, right. Um, we can, like we start breaking down the technical jargon and mm-hmm. start actually turning it into actionable yeah. uh, insights. Do you do yeah. much work um, with Google Analytics and sort of um, behavior flows and, and things like that? Uh, a little bit uh, with behavior flows. I think, um, are you talking in terms of a journey through a website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and whether you use that to link up with a persona or other journey maps that you've created or... Yeah, yeah, so 
in like that ideal sort of uh, kind of scope of, of that data collection and mm-hmm. you, would, you would have your user profiles and, and bring them in using you might use a tool like Hotjar or something like this and you would and you would uh, connect their flow through the website and try to break down their user profile because user personas and profiles are great but then breaking them down even further um, is, is the next step mm-hmm. uh, so like the, the way that we use websites everybody's different so we can try yeah. to box people as much as we can but at the end we need to like get like a yeah. affirmative number of 80% of people do this yeah this it's more way. looking for like what are the shared attitudes and behaviours yeah instead of like who's this where is Gary yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't f- like where is he I'm looking for him <laughs> Hey, Gary. You're 24 and Come here, you know, Gary. live in Collingwood. Or... <laughs> um, and so what's Hotjar? Because I've implemented it many a time um, and I'm, I like, I'm, think it's like a tracking situation. Can yeah. you, what is it? So Hotjar is a cool tool. Um, it's essentially a heat mapping tool mm-hmm. um, and I'll do my best to explain it. It has a feature, um, it's called Recordings. So its main feature is heat maps or why it became so big is it, it, it did this feature called Recordings, which is mm-hmm. essentially... Um, how it sounds, a recording of someone's session yeah, on your okay. website. So yeah. when you're looking at it, you see the mouse cursor moving around, you see what people are clicking on. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks like you're spying on someone's session. Yeah, yeah. But it's sort of done the same way that heat maps are. It, it um, takes a snapshot of the person's um, com- screen that they're, they're on and then um, collects their mouse data and mm-hmm. then matches it up later on to kind of create this image. Yeah. Um, so the, the data, that, the, the reason that it's probably... Uh, we love it so much at the moment is that you can see individual sessions you can see where they've sort of hovered um you can see how long they might have spent before they clicked on something mm-hmm. so it's kind of this real-time personal data yep. and so one once off it doesn't help us too much sure. but when you watch you collect these recordings over time you you can group them so how jealous you group recordings so you can be like this user struggled to find this okay. um, and you group that and then you've got like 20 of them and then it's a great for validating content changes mm. so you can take that um, to your manager or your client and be like, I think we need to change that based on this yeah, collection. Cool. Okay. We've noticed through our analytics that people are not, you know, not really kind of converting there. Here's some kind of data that shows that. Right. And likewise, with any kind of content change, it's just another way to validate it or to, yep. to research it. And yep. um, we have so much discussions now about the little intricacies of, of websites, buttons, where copy is and stuff. So being mm-hmm. able to have a tool that helps us kind of validate that is, is extremely helpful. Yeah, really. And it's cool. another example of like just data becoming very simple and accessible. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even a couple of years ago, that would just would have been spreadsheet yeah, data, yeah, it would just be yeah. like percentages of scroll times or something. And uh-huh. we just would have not done that. Old cannot compute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, but now we can we can just see it visually, and we can. Yeah, that uh, is exciting that there are these tools tools now to interpret this massive data. This, yeah, this yeah, big, yeah. big data that no one knew what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you use those, like a tool like that, sort of before, or do you use that as like a starting point to change something, or is it more you're thinking about changing things and then use that tool to validate it, or what's the typical... It's, it's a bit both. Okay. And, uh, the first time I implemented it, it was um, just on current content that we were mm-hmm. that we were noticed wasn't converting, we were having trouble. Um, I think I was working for... Uh, uh, a not-for-profit at the time, and we were kind of looking at one of our appeals, and and we we needed a heat mapping tool, and we found Hotjar, and yeah. it, it just opened up heaps of information about um, that behaviour. Mm-hmm, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, was, as I said, all this information analytics that we could sort of bring together. So then that informed 
a redevelopment or a change. Yep. Um, but then the last time I used it, we, we were creating a website from scratch and we used it on sort of affiliate sites. So we reached out to those people and we're like, we want to wax some hot gel code on there. We want to see how people are kind of getting around your page. Yeah, right. And we, we build pretty much based on that. Mm-hmm. That was like an e-learning um, system. So it was super helpful to see how people kind of navigate through through those kind of environments mm. as well. Yeah, and just cool. um, speaking of that, that scenario where you used Hotjar to understand why conversion wasn't happening, um, what are some of the key metrics that you, I guess, analyse? Um, In general or within? Well, yeah, I mean, are there some that are kind of the golden metrics in your mind or like if, if there's a, an improvement there then it's representative of a... Yeah, it totally de- it depends 100% on the type of content and the business goals. Um, yeah. But if we're talking about content strategies particularly, uh, return users um, and, ex- and especially, um, yeah, especially return users kind of edging out um, new users, like that's, a, that's one of the things whenever I consult on that, it's like, okay, our success is going to be when we get people returning right, that, right. to that about, That makes sense, right? It's brand, yeah. brand loyalty. Yeah. yeah. If you want to build a relationship with someone, you're going to have to have a few more touch points. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's a great way to sort of make that assumption that that person has has formed a relationship with yeah, your brand, yeah. that they're coming back. I yeah. can understand what you mean, though, about it's case by case, though, because there might be a business where it's a, they're, they're based on a single transaction. Yeah. yeah. And that is the nature of their business. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore... They'd, they'd have other metrics, success metrics yeah, on their yeah. site. Yeah. And that's it, right? I'm working um, at the moment with a property developer and it's all cost per lead, which is something that I haven't worked right. with before. But, you know, sometimes we do cost per conversion or cost per sale. There's just cost per lead. So yeah. they have like yeah. a very, um, their metric is like to get down to $30 cost per lead, yeah. uh, something like that. So it's all focused around that funnel of mm-hmm. keeping that low yeah, so bringing yeah. as many leads as as low mm-hmm. costs so this the strategy the strategy with that necessarily isn't isn't so much um warming them up it's more just like getting them directly to into a sign-up stage yeah, 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 yeah. so providing them with something post capturing details mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas content strategy normally is more like you don't you probably don't want to like capture any information straight up yep, you want to yep. start like building these touch points yep, yep, yep. and yep. it can differ for, for each client mm-hmm. yeah. yeah cool well I reckon yeah. that's, that's uh, a good note to end on well, thank you so much for, for coming in today yeah, I've really, really Thanks, enjoyed man. our conversation uh-huh. today yep loved it okay. and thank you uh, Divine Peeps for tuning in and we'll see you next time adios <laughs>